Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Where to begin? Well, today on the program, I am joined by Dana Sturk. Dana is the Digital Director of Corporate Affairs at Booz Allen Hamilton. And my journey with Booz Allen uh, happened a long, long time ago, about five days after my birthday. September 30th, 2010, was our very first engagement with Booz Allen. And if you don't know them, one of the largest consulting companies in the world, billions and billions and billions of dollars of revenue in consulting. They've been around for a very, very long time, based out of our capital. And at that time, when I engaged with them, doing a lot of consulting for the federal government. So I go over there. They had just recently acquired a marketing automation system, that being Eloqua. And DemandGen, my company, was brought in to help them start on their digital transformation journey. And the thing that I most remember is we're sitting there and we're going, okay, so this is great, exciting for you guys. you got a marketing automation system, you have a CRM, let's start getting campaigns going and start you know, marketing at the very top of the funnel. And they said, well, yeah, that's what we want to start doing. And I said, well, you know, how many contact records are in your, in your database? How many, how many email addresses do you have and, and what segments are we going after? And they said, well, we don't, we don't actually have one email address. And I just paused for a really long time, Dana, and thought, this is truly the start of their digital transformation journey. You know, a company that had never done any really online marketing, mostly event marketing at that time. And here we are today, and you were just, we just saw each other in New Orleans, and you were, you were the celebrity. You and Grant were up on stage presenting one of the client keynotes at Serious Decisions. So congratulations to you. I would like to uh, take everybody, not, not back eight years, but talk a lot more about the work that you guys have been doing over the last several years and what landed you on the stage to tell your, tell your journey. So Dana, first, thank you for, for joining me today. Great. Thanks. Thanks, David. Uh, happy, to, happy to chat and share some of, some of our journey. Uh, yeah, not going back eight years, I was I was actually still on the consulting side of what we do at Booz Allen. And really, it was about three and a half years ago, early 2015, where um, the firm really recognized that they knew that we our current state really wasn't where we wanted or needed to be around marketing and our brand communications and even our employee engagement. And a uh, at that time, a handful of us uh, moved over from the client side to the corporate side because we were bringing the best of the best to our clients, but we were not doing so for ourselves. And we really knew that we needed to take action to drive change, to transform, to enable our business, to really drive the vision for our strategy, our talent, and our growth. Um, and as a technology professional services firm, firm, we are in a place to help our clients transform. And again, we weren't we're doing it for them, but not for ourselves. And yeah. so we really took an approach to do for ourselves what we do for our clients to start this change, to start this transformation. And change is hard. Everybody knows that. Everybody feels it, uh, especially at a large organization, 100 plus years old. It takes a little extra time to kind of turn a big ship. Uh, and so we say that our transformation is a journey, not a destination. And boy, what a journey it's been. Yeah, it's a big journey. And, and it is the way... 
to say it, right? It's never done. I mean, even though you guys, again, just accomplished another great year of, of impact on the business and had the chance to tell your story at Serious Decisions Tech Conference, right? You you probably got on stage like, okay, this is just a chapter in the book. Like, and the book never never has a back cover. You can just keep writing it. Before we go there, I want to ask a personal question. What, what pivoted you from being on the consulting team to moving on to the digital marketing team? What, what brought that about? Yeah, so I was a was is a problem solver. I was often brought in to kick off or start or fix uh, some maybe broken project. Uh, and so we first kind of looked at this as a big project that we needed to either fix or start or kick off. Uh, and so that was one of the reasons that I um, came over. I also wanted to. Uh, the the goodness that I was bringing to my clients uh, and to our citizens, and I knew I was doing good for them in the work that we were doing and going to the enterprise side, I could see that multiplied across different teams, across different types of work. Uh, And so that was a really exciting opportunity to really be a part of telling the Booth Allen story uh, versus just my client story. And I I don't mean just my client story because it's it's really important and really meaningful things that we were doing. But it was at this level of reaching a certain segment of uh, citizens, of service members, of families, and that sort of thing. And so to really elevate myself and the work that I was doing up to that enterprise level uh, was really exciting to be able to to help, again, tell that, that the Booz Allen story. Uh, so those were the two, the two drivers. I figured this was a new challenge, a good challenge. If I didn't like it, I could swing back to the, the consulting side again. Um, and so now this has really actually been one of the longer projects that Buzal and I've been on. And to call it a project is uh, minimizing it in some ways. Uh, but it's been a, a it, it, I think we talked about, it's a journey and it's a great one to be on. Yeah. It's 10, 10 years now. I mean, big, big pivot in your, in your role there. And uh, Dana's too humble to to boast, so I'll just let you guys all know that you know under under her watch, while she's been working with the team over this past time, these guys have won over thirty uh, industry awards, including PR News Hall of Fame. So I think it's really cool that you took your consulting expertise, going out there and helping clients be successful, and turn that internally to help you guys transform. What's it like? You know, again, I, I said I don't even know what the revenue is these days. Is it six billion? Eight billion? How big is Booze? Yeah, I think no, it's it's a it's a tick over six. Tick over six, six billion dollars, and to grow a company um, into that size, and never had done any digital marketing to get to you know at least four billion at that time is amazing, right? I mean, because it's all been done with face-to-face selling for the most part. You know, the the team of the consultants going out to the different um, government segments and and getting uh, engagements when, you know, way back then, a lot was being done, no surprise, in cybersecurity. Um, There was a lot of consulting you guys were doing. You guys have certainly broadened into, you know, even beyond uh, government at this point. What's it been like to work at a company of that size, that scale, and bring around change. You, you, you are a problem solver. You're also a self-proclaimed agent of change. By the way, that's the name of my next book. No surprise, maybe. <laughs> but what's it been like? Um, it's been, uh, it, it's been, there's been the, the highs and the lows. It's a, it's a, it's a big piece. I, when we, when I start, when I moved over to the, the enterprise side, uh, we knew we had to make some change and we walked into what I would call a bit of a mess and we can certainly talk a little bit more about that and sure. what that what that looked like. But um, 
you know, that was the thing is we, we saw that it was a mess. We knew we needed to make some change. But I think at the time there were probably 5,000 plus technologies that existed in the world. And, you know, where do you start when you have almost everywhere to go? Um, it gets a little bit overwhelming when you kind of sit there and, and look forward. And so we weren't totally sure which path we wanted to take. So being the good consultants that we were, what we did is we took a um, con- consultative approach and really did an as-is-to-be analysis to understand where we were and where we wanted to go. We also called in the help of um, partners like 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 yourself, like demand gen, uh, you mentioned serious decisions before. We, we got a lot of learning from some of our corporate memberships and even um, engaging others in my type of role in other organizations, in different industries and in different sizes uh, to really learn from them and or get some comfort really from hearing the changes and the transformation they were driving because nobody's doing it perfect. Uh, That was a little comforting to hear that there's so many different uh, opportunities or different ways to go, and it is unique to each organization and each organization's needs. And so that kind of level setting up front, that baselining, really helped to give us that platform to understand what this uh, three-year journey would, initial three-year journey would look like. And as each year has gone in our rear view mirror, we've added the next year forward so that we are always on this three-year plan uh, to move forward. And it's really been, it has been exciting. It has been satisfying to be able to go from, again, what I would call, we didn't have a tech stack. We had disparate technologies all over the place, different platforms. We weren't using them the right way. We weren't using them at all. We weren't using them in a way that was meaningful for our firm. Sometimes it was square peg, round hole. And to move from a situation like that to move to what I would say is a fairly clean tech stack with a set of technologies that, um, that have we been adding to over time as we've matured a little bit. Uh, And so filling in gaps as we went, rather than having this bright, shiny, new the best technology or the bright, shiny new, bringing it online, but really doing this in a way that it was meaningful to us, making it useful to us, and then adding more uh, as we needed to, to move forward. To, so to have this clean stack that we're actually using, we're having impact uh, on the firm with, has really been an exciting an exciting journey or, or a piece of that journey. It's an exciting thing to be a part of uh, and have the 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 smart partners and the smart people in-house who have been able to help us move in that direction. It's been a great team uh, inside and out to be able to work with. It's, it's, um, it's impressive to see, you know, because big companies don't typically change very, very quickly. I think one of the things Booze certainly has going for it is that you do consulting for a living. That's what you do is help other companies bring around change in different processes. So there's a... Maybe not always, but there's there's a culture of of wanting to evolve and grow. Uh, certainly by by who you are. So as I said, you know when when we started, you know I was I was out there. I wanted to meet the team and uh, brought my team into the room and was in there for the initial workshop. And again, zero email addresses, and we were figuring out how we'd start turning the uh, field marketing events that you were doing into lead capture events. And I'm using the term lead generously, but let's start building up the database. And now fast forward. You guys, you know, tech stack wise, you have several dozen tools. It's not like you just got a marketing automation system. You have a really, like you said, healthy tech stack, but you're on stage at the Serious Decisions Tech Exchange. And for those of you who don't know, 
you know, Sirius is all about all about the alignment of sales and marketing, all about the demand waterfall and creating a taxonomy and a lexicon for demand generation. And so when you go from not even having an email address to having a taxonomy for your demand funnel and scoring and nurturing, doesn't happen overnight. And and it's it's a pretty dramatic digital uh, transformation. What was, over the past year, just looking back maybe in the last year or two, what were some of the more fun parts of the project that you really enjoyed um, working on and, and implementing? Were there any highlights of in, in particular areas? Yeah, well, I think um, what I would start with is, hopefully that doesn't make you too sad, but with when we looked at Eloco, and uh, again, three and a half years ago, so what, five or eight years after you kind of came on, or five years after you came on to take a look, uh, we found that Eloqua we were using mostly for internal communication, so tracking emails internally. Um, there were some campaigns that were running that I don't think anybody even knew about because the content was super dated, and um, and we had a whole different system that for, for recruits where some of these campaigns were running from. And so that was one of the very first things we did was basically shut it all down, stop what was happening, and then uh, sort of refresh and take what take what Eloqua needed to be and use that for, for as a marketing automation platform at our marketing system of record. We got rid of the using it for internal and brought on a tool that was that, that served us better for the internal pieces so that we could use the right technologies to target the right audiences inside and out uh, and then get the data from that. Uh, so that was that was good, good house cleaning, good spring cleaning, maybe we'll yeah. call it. Uh, the other big thing that we had done was, um, I think it was about four plus years ago, the firm decentralized some of our enterprise services like recruiting, like marketing, like HR uh, into the market so that they could be better, the markets could be better served and kind of be at that core of, of, of where, we, where we were. And um, But some of those didn't function as well in this model. And that's where we saw marketing, kind of some funny things happen there. And we, we found that the firm technically owned two versions of the Adobe Marketing Cloud uh, with similar applications intended to be used to communicate to potential clients, prospects externally, um, and neither was being used in the best way possible. And so that was one of the very first things that we did was uh, get, get Adobe in, in here, consolidate our instances um, so that we weren't having uh, duplicative uh, pieces and technologies uh, and spending the same amount of, spending mo- double money for the same thing consolidated, got what we needed, and then used that those funds to actually reinvest into our uh, digital transformation. So to purchase the uh, tracking platforms or other technologies that we thought we needed at that time uh, as part of our as part of our roadmap, uh, get the pieces that we needed, and so that we didn't have to go and pass the hat or make as much of a justification for funds to be able to do what we wanted to do, what we needed to do, because we were able to reinvest and use the uh, budget that we had in a smarter way to get us where we wanted to go and what we needed to do. So that was that was absolutely a satisfying thing as well, and so that got us to the point where we had these platforms, these technologies that were working as they should. And then what I say now we're at the point where it's getting really fun, where we can turn on the strategies even more so and help us move forward with these two-way data integrations uh, with getting into uh, lead 
scoring and um, getting more into marketing attribution measures and, and things like that. And there's 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 still a lot of things where we want to go and things that we want to do. Uh, and now we're in a place where we can actually move forward to get there. Where I don't think we were necessarily there a few years ago uh, until we until we cleaned house, until we organized, until we um, were using things the way that was effective uh, for the firm. It's awesome. You know, it was, I didn't, I didn't tell the other, I didn't tell the, the bad part of the story, right? I, I missed that. So I'll come back to that. So, you know, back in this, in this time frame, we do the deployment, we get everything all propped up and, um, you know, like the basics start happening in campaigning. And then the team that we were working with, the leadership team that we were working with left. And that kind of just ghost town, uh, like you said, for the most part, the use of marketing automation, and it mm-hmm. pivoted and started being used. Well, we have this system; we can use it for communication. So let's start using it for employee communication, and really not what those platforms are certainly capable of. And so Dana and Grant and Maddie and, and folks come on the scene and like, whoa, we've got all this horsepower. Um, let's let's really finish the journey or, or get reboot the journey. And um, since that time, just just to highlight some, you know, you put in the lead management framework, you've done the uh, the integration with CRM, and hey, they don't have Salesforce; they have Microsoft CRM. So, uh, one of the proud the few out there that aren't using uh, Salesforce with um, and, and pre- that presents a whole set of different, unique uh, you know challenges because the integrations are different. You had a lot of um, data projects that you had to do and, and set up a preference center to get everything all compliant. I mean, you especially in the business that you're in have to follow all the best practices around that. And then you just kept building on those initiatives and working on your metrics and, and uh, as you said, the lead scoring stuff. So spill all these building blocks. And I throw those out there because you said something. No one has this all figured out. Not any, none of our clients have this kind of, there's no perfect state. It's not like you set it and you forget it and you walk away from it. You're actually, as you pile on all these initiatives, whether it's scoring or nurturing the demand funnel and and all the data challenges, it never goes away. You're just stacking on new initiatives. And I'm curious for you, as you complete a project or complete a certain phase of the project, how are you staying disciplined to go back and and optimize it? Or or are you? No, we we are. How are we staying disciplined? Uh, Maybe it's my my nature uh, or the team's nature, but I uh, one one piece that you made me think about too is that we talked about we had we had Eloquo, we got it going, and then it sort of went to seed and weird things happened, and then we got back in and we needed to clean it. Um, I think one of the areas where we've been uh, helpful that's been helpful is to bring on some experts or to learn from others uh, where we struggle sometimes because we can do it ourselves. We have this functionality in house, we have these capabilities in house. We do this in partnership with our clients, so certainly we can do it for ourselves, um, but sometimes we just don't have that um, ability to be able to divert resources, and we would never want to divert resources from from our clients, uh, and sometimes the mind space is a little bit different of how we're doing this for the government is slightly different how we're doing it for enterprise, and that's where uh, it's been helpful to have some partners come in to who've, who've, who've done it for a variety of different organizations who've seen um, some of us, some who've seen where we were and where we are and knew where we wanted to go to help, uh, some that have seen what other companies have done to give us some of that support, give us some of that guidance, help us point us in the right direction uh, so that we could do what we needed to do and do where we needed to go. And that's what the Elica, the one of the first projects we did was a data 
cleansing, data normalization, and data hygiene uh, project so that we could clean up, clean house, get that preference center. Before we could even do this preference center, right, we had to clean up where yeah. we, we started with. Then we can do the preference center, and now we can start to move on to these other pieces, as you said, pile on or add other pieces. Um, one of the other things that we've done to help this is working closely with our data warehouse team, working with our business development team, who uh, are the stewards for dynamics, uh, some of our uh, contracting systems or finance systems, uh, to have things like drop-down menus and uh, hierarchies uh, of, of the information and the data to help us with that, 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 that maintaining the data so that we don't have thousands of different people entering in different things for something that could be as simple as the U.S. Army. Well, is it U.S.Army? Is it U.S. Army? Is it Army? Is it DOD? You know, there's, there's yeah. an endless amount of uh, different ways any, a human could put that in. And so having some of these mechanisms in place to help uh, control the data, help people find find it, but put it in, in a way that's consistent has been uh, helpful. And to do that across the different systems, whether they're um, owned by the marketing communications function or not, uh, but to be able to work together across the enterprise to, to manage that data uh, has been really helpful. You mentioned about working with my team, and I want to, I want to drill into that a little bit uh, because I think a lot of people they try to take on all these initiatives and they and a lot of people try to do them all in-house and using the team that they have and they don't think of making the business case for using an outside agency, whether it's ours or anyone else for that matter. I mean, you guys are a consulting firm, so by nature, companies hire you to help them level up and get to the next level. Why do you? Why did you bring our team in and what is it that you value that you get from the team? And feel free to name any names if you want to make it personal, but um, you know, we we often say in our message, you know, we become an extension of our client's team and, and, and their marketing operations team. Why did you why did you hire us? Why do you work with us and what is the value that you get from the from the members on the team? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And you're you're right, we that's and that's what we struggle with sometimes is because we can do this and we've seen it just a number of times, a couple of times where we brought on somebody to build a Tableau dashboard or a team to build on a Tableau dashboard, as an example, and they had to go back to client site. So they built it and then took off. And what are we, this is what we, this is what they were left with it. And, and, and we didn't have those devoted resources. And so that was something that we learned very early on that while we could do it ourselves, uh, it didn't necessarily make the most business sense for us to do that, um, which is okay. It's a little disappointing because we want to be able to do for ourselves in some cases, but we're, we're, we're running a business here. And so that's where sometimes these, these external resources or um, adding capacity really can be helpful. Uh, demand gen specifically was uh, helpful to us because, frankly, we were, I would say, um, nascent in our understanding of really what a um, map could do for us and for the firm and in conjunction with the other uh, technologies in our environment and our tech stack. Uh, so, so bringing on somebody who's been there and done that, I don't have to take the time to get spun up and to learn all I possibly can and then make some decisions and bounce ideas off people and try to figure out what the right path is where I can bring an expert, people who are experts who have been there, done that, uh, and that I can learn from and can share their expertise and guidance to help me to make recommendations and help us make decisions to point us down the path that that makes the most sense for us. It saves a lot of time 
it saves a lot of money because I would venture to guess that people who try to do too much on their own without the deep knowledge, uh, you, start, you start spinning wheels, you start spinning money, you start going down a path that you can't, you get, can't get out of down the road and have to go back and start all over. So um, we were luckily in a place where and they said we were really starting from scratch in so many places. And I know not everybody is in that place, but we ultimately were in a place where we could, uh, for the most part, start from the beginning so that we could set things up right and do it right. Um, and I know there's been a couple of uh, some of the, I think there's more, I would say more technical side like Ryan, um, that have been able to help us with the, 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 with Eloqua itself, but as we have gotten into integrating with our data warehouse and mm-hmm. integrating with Adobe and integrating into CRM, some some troubleshooting and some thoughts on the direction we should go and what resources we need. And in some cases, it really was tinkering and uh, helping us actually make those uh, data connections happen or, or, or make those those integrations happen. Uh, and so it's been really helpful to have uh, we have special projects that we have had ongoing, and then we have ad hoc support. So if something comes up, we pick up the phone, or we meet weekly. Here's what's going on. What do we need to do? Where do we need to go? What do we need to change? Um, and so that's been it's been really helpful to help us grow and help us move down this journey without getting sidetracked. Because otherwise, I think we would, if we're talking about being on a road, this is a long, this is one long road trip. Yeah. We would probably exit early. <laughs> We would miss an exit. We would divert too soon. We'd stick at our rest stop. Uh, and we want to keep going. We want to keep moving. We are excited with what we started, and uh, we want to keep moving forward. That's awesome. We were uh, Dan and I were joking around the other day, and, and uh, we were looking at the, the valuation of Booz Allen over the years. And, and right, right at the time when Dana uh, started working with the team, the, the stock has, has gone up steadily. And uh, I'm, I'm, we attributed all that success to you, Dana. No, we, we didn't, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. The, yep. I, um, I, kidding aside, I one time took about 30 of our clients that were public clients, and I uh, took the stock charts, their, their valuation charts uh, over time. And I did put where demand gen was when we engage and where they are today. And we did find this consistent trend in these companies' growth and success. And of course, we just as we kid around, like it, it wasn't all about demand gen. It's certainly not all about you. It, but it is all about what's happening at that company at that time, right? They are really committing as a company to digital transformation. Every one of the companies that engages with us is not engaging with us because things are falling apart um, necessarily. It's because they want to level up and take things to the next level. So they're hiring people like you onto the team, and they're hiring external agencies and resources to get there and get there quick. Nobody has the luxury of time uh, anymore. So like you said, you throw stuff to us because you need to get it done, and you also tap into us because you want to shorten the learning curve. You, learning curve. you want to get to the solution uh, immediately. And it's the team really enjoys working with you guys. And I know Rick and, and all the folks out there when they're when they're digging into your data and trying to make uh, you know sort it all out and improve the integrations. Um, it's all with the end in mind, which is let's let's make marketing make a greater contribution to to the business. What's the relationship like with with sales these days in terms of where you either want it to be or, or you know where it is? Because again, big company. And you guys are putting all the marketing operations and digital programs in place. How is the you know the company that size? How's the relationship and collaboration between sales and marketing in terms of where you'd like it to be? Yeah, that's our. I would say that's our one of our biggest current projects that we are moving forward with now that we could be, we're not in a place to do a few years ago. 
Uh, and um, that is that is that, as I say, trying to align marketing and our business development uh, strategically and technically. Because uh, on one hand, it's it's pretty straightforward to make that technical integration, and there's all this data flowing around. But if we don't have the right human inputs and we don't aren't tracking. Um, the right, and we don't set this up in the right way where we're really understanding what engagement online and offline we are having with our prospects. We're not really going to get that far. Uh, and um, I know you were joking before about the the, uh, the the valuation piece, but that's part of why we want to measure uh, what we are doing, what activities we are doing on the marketing side and uh, even somewhat on the sales side, is that we can start to look at performance of these activities that we are doing. We can start to get some attribution models. We can start to get some predictive models so that we can make smarter decisions as a firm about uh, what business we are going to go after and what business we're not going to go after and where we can add the most value to our clients. And the activities that we're taking part in, are they – uh, worth our time and money? Are they really making an impact or is it just a nice to do? And sometimes you do those nice to do's absolutely to maintain relationships, but we can measure that nowadays yeah. in some way. And so that's part of really why we're trying to drive this uh, alignment. And we are kicking off this alignment as of, I think, a month or two ago. We have some uh, business uh, business partners that are, that are in the business that really want to uh, use a CRM as they should, and they're going to start tracking their their relationships, their interactions within CRM. We'll have the marketing data that somewhat comes passively that can flow in, and then we can really start to see what this online offline engagement looks like with different kinds of um, clients or prospective clients uh, to really make us again smarter as we have discussions with them, as we figure out what. Uh, and work with them to figure out really what's the next what's the next thing we need to do to to meet their goals to meet the agency's goals to help help the lives of our our citizens uh, how to make things better for them of of what we're what we're trying to drive towards and so I know that this is going to be a big this is a big piece of this overarching journey but we have partners inside this firm uh, to help us get there because we can't do it ourselves. Um, we have partners outside this firm to help us, like like Demand Gen, uh, point us in this right direction, help us work together, help us figure out some models, help us figure out the technical pieces. Uh, but it's a it's a big piece that we're excited to move down. Um, the other piece too, when we talk about sales, and it's not just being a big company uh, as a professional services firm, our our sales base is our employee base. And so we have 25,000 salespeople, really. And so that's another big piece that we think about and look at is, um, one, how we can enable and empower our employees to understand what our priorities are, to tell the Booz Allen story, and to tell it in an authentic way mm-hmm. uh, as they're engaging with their communities. There's that piece. And then the other piece is, I'd say, almost more like real sales enablement. How do we arm our employees with the information about what our priorities are, what our offerings are, and what value we can bring to our clients uh, and then and then we want to track it. We want to know what's going on. We want to know who's giving which slick sheet to which client, and they need to know at what stage in a decision-making journey that, that, that client is or that buyer is, uh, and we want to know that they're giving that or we want to enable them to know that they have the right content, the right information to give. 
we want to track it to know where it's going and what it's doing and seeing what kind of impact it has and if it's really helping uh, to, to ultimately drive revenue or if it's not and what course corrections we need to make along the way. Nice. So that's another big piece that we're going down, <laughs> and the man Jen's going to be helping us with that too. Yeah, well, we again, well, you can throw as much work as you want at us. We we love it, and um, it's it's really cool to see that you know it was a false start. Let's let's face it, it was a false start in the beginning. Everybody had the right intentions at Booz, and then you know people moved on to different roles and careers, and it left things uh, a little bit of abandoned environment, but you guys have turned it around. You know, you have, by the way, more people with the title data scientist on your marketing team than I think any one of our clients, or at least that I'm aware of. You guys are that committed to data and bringing that expertise. Where does that passion for data uh, come from? Because, you know, data is not, for most marketing teams, like a sexy project. They don't get really excited um, of course, data hygiene isn't that exciting, but but getting insights from data and applying it to the business is where does that where does that come from? Is there a, a specific leader there in the organization that's so data centric, or is it just a, a, a culture of data? Yeah, it's our as our culture, we are a data driven firm. Uh, we have always used data to make decisions uh, in, in a lot of what we do and how we operate. And so there's just that mindset that we have. And again, I would probably say is, is bringing that consultative approach to the work that we do, the technology work, the cyber work that we do, it's driven by, it's not driven by our guts. It's driven mm-hmm. by data so that we can make sound decisions, sound strategies. Uh, and so we have to take that, that approach as well with our, our marketing and communications. Uh, that's a, absolutely something that we need to be able to, to, again, move forward in, in the direction that we want. The other piece that I would say is the firm is starting to look at, we have a new uh, chief transformation officer uh, as of this past fiscal year. And uh, as part of her effort uh, to drive transformation at this firm, there is a big piece around enterprise and firm-wide data and how we are collecting, how we are using, how we are keeping it safe, how we are keeping it clean, and how we can use it across the enterprise, cutting out those silos and uh, getting better, faster, smarter with our reporting across different systems, across different functions. Uh, So we get some of those, uh, let's probably say models in place so that we know what marketing is doing is going to affect what business development looks like and does, affects what contracts does, what affects facilities, what affects hiring. It, it's all connected. Uh, and so that's another effort that we have going on is really what is what is this um, – this data, centralized data look like, or what does our system look like? What does our education look like? And it's that's that's new for us to think about and figure out. Uh, really, it's how we cut down these data silos, how we enable the firm, how do we have the right people to, to give us the reports, give us the analysis, give us the in- insights that we need. Yeah. You know, you, you said, um, I want to wrap up with one last question for you, which is you said, you know, you, you make data-driven decisions. You know, the decisions, and even, again, as a culture, what you tell your clients is backed up in data. It's not, it's not subjective. But I want to ask you a subjective question because we started on a personal note. I want to end on a personal note, which is what does success feel like to you? I mean, I no doubt, you know, the success stories that have been written up about you guys by Serious Decisions and you being on stage, it's cool to get the spotlight and be able to tell your story because your story wouldn't be being told if there wasn't lessons from it and insights and and a success framework, right? There's there's that. But for Dana, on a personal level to you, what does success look like to you, feel like to you on a, on a personal level? 
Yeah, I think it's um as I started when I started out talking about the amazing things that I was doing with my uh, government clients and seeing that and knowing I was making an impact on that project and then getting to this enterprise side and seeing what the firm was doing and really what all of our employees, the impact that all of our employees made is just, it's really exciting. And I wouldn't be at Booz Allen for 10 years, um, 10 years plus now, uh, if there wasn't this really meaningful impact that we are doing good for our country, uh, really, for our citizens, even for the world. We're, we're, we're a global firm. Um, and so that's an exciting piece to be a part of. And we want to be able to tell that story. We never were, or not never, but we didn't tell the story as good or as well as we could have. And the technologies that I'm putting in place and the ways that we're connecting them and connecting the data, it drives to a place where we can be more automated and we can be more personalized as we are telling a story, which is really the best way to tell a story so that it's meaningful and impactful to the individual that you're telling telling it to. Uh, and so to be able to have that flow a little less clunky, uh, to flow a little bit more smoothly, to have that automated uh, personalization as we tell stories and then uh, know that we're making this impact externally, to see that impact that we're making inside the house as well. Uh, it's, it is it is exciting. It's probably a nerdy marketing technology <laughs> satisfying thing to that's, that's good for some people and it's not for everybody. Yeah. But um, it's been a as I'm saying this this journey that we've started. I'm gonna keep keep going, and it's an exciting to to push forward uh, to see some of this come come to fruition. Since since you mentioned the term keep going, I I wanna I wanna you, you know you said ten years, and I don't think I don't think we can underscore that enough. I was. Um, I did another podcast with Alyssa Merwin. She uh, runs sales for LinkedIn for all their um, sales solutions and has you know about forty managers underneath her. Really big organization. She's been there, uh, you know, coming up on uh, ten years. She was at uh, corporate executive board uh, before that for about nine years, and you've been there uh, for as long as you have. So, if someone was coming out of school today or starting their career and working towards things. What advice, since you were a consultant, what advice would you have for them about, you know, sticking in a corporation, in a company for the kind of tenure that you have? Because here in Silicon Valley, you're, you know, over in D.C. and Silicon Valley, it's it's like hopscotch here. People move around a lot. And I've uh, I'm seeing it more and more one year here, two year here, one year here bouncing around. And, you know, I have a personal belief system, but I want to I want to hear your perspective because you've had tremendous success in your career, but you've also put, at the same time, tenure into an organization. What, what would you advise people rising up the ranks of their career between hopping around or, or staying put? Yeah, I, I think it's probably finding the organization that you believe in and believes in you. Uh, I know that's not an easy thing to do. And early on in your career, I probably would say hop around a little bit to understand the things that you like doing, the things that you don't like doing, the types of companies that are out there. Uh, but Booz Allen said we're a data-driven firm. We're also a values-driven firm. And that is something that I learned from day one. And that has continued to uh, permeate a lot of or everything that we do, that we we do live our values and we do live our purpose in how we operate and how we in, inside the house and how we operate. And it, it, it affects the decisions that we make 
and the people that we work with and the businesses that we do and the communities that we engage in uh, or engage with. Uh, and so it's truly there. It's not lip service. It's something that I really feel and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if we didn't feel it. Uh, and it's also the people. And I think that in sometimes that with when other people are hopping around, you're hopping around too because you're either following people or you're not or you're not creating those um, – uh, those those bonds together, I would say, in working through some really difficult client problems or your difficult company problems, and so some of that helps too with that with that longevity piece is that you started things together, you've learned how to work things together, you've solved problems together, yeah. and so taking it from one project to another or one company to another, um, when you're with one being with one firm is for 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 a decade, I've been able to 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 see the good we've started and transform along with what the firm has transformed a part of. And if I didn't believe in what we were doing and many people didn't believe in what we were doing, uh, I don't think they would still be here. Find that finding that place that where it's not just a job, that it's, it's a place that you can grow your career. Yeah. Well, Easier said than done. I get it. I totally get it. Um, but it's, kind of how I feel. It's, it's great advice. I mean, I, I followed your advice. I did, you know, I started my career at Microsoft. I was there a couple of years and felt like, okay, amazing company and great learnings. This is, you know, early. And, um, but then I was like, it's too big of a company for me. You know, I, I need to move, I need to be in an environment where, um, just smaller, where I can make a greater contribution. And I liked working in, in Silicon Valley, but then the next company after that, I was there for nine years and really grew up there. And uh, I'm coming up on my 12-year anniversary at, at DemandGen, and certainly as, as founder and CEO, I'm the, I never think about uh, moving on to the next thing, but I do think every day about evolving the company and, and putting mm-hmm. ours uh, next challenges. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast. It was so great to see you guys in New Orleans. I am a little disappointed. You know, Grant was without crutches now after successful, uh, you know, hip replacements. And I could not get you guys out downtown for those colorful test tube shots. You were, you guys were being very <laughs> professional and, and, and knew you were going to be on stage. But uh, we were going to be on stage at the last day. So, yeah, we wanted to be geared up and, and fresh and ready to go for, for, that, for that final day. I tried to tempt you to the dark side and, and get you guys out in the city uh, late, but you were way more responsible. So kudos and for the session went well. Well, which is great. And I look forward to continuing to watch you personally and your career growth. And, uh, you know, with 30 plus awards under your belt, and, and I have no doubt there's more to come. So um, just just keep doing what you're doing, Dana. And thank you so much for working with my team for so long and all the big projects and, and throwing the little stuff at us that you don't want to have to do yourselves and just get it done and, and putting the big challenges on us as well. I know the team really enjoys it. And um, Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. It's, 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 you know, your longevity there and our longevity together. It's, it's very cool. So thank you. Thank you, David. Of course. Hope you have a great holiday. Uh, give my best to everybody on the team and for everybody listening in. Thank you for, uh, for joining us today um, and joining us on this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Hopefully you guys take away that, you know, a lot of similarities, a lot of challenges uh, that you have the same. Everybody's dealing with growing and evolving tech stacks. Everybody's struggling and working on sales and marketing alignment. Everybody's trying to optimize uh, the, what they're doing from a demand generation perspective and, and measure it. Uh, hopefully you can tell as we approach our 100th episode of Demand Gen Radio that there's so many common challenges and common desires across you. And I look forward as we approach 2019 
uh, bringing more people like Dana onto the program so that you can hear their recipes uh, for success and how they're approaching it. So that'll do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I look forward to catching you guys on the next one. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 